Hi everyone, it's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. You know, one of the biggest questions I get on the show is what exactly goes into a business exit plan and when should I start creating mine? Well, I always tell people that the best time to start was five years ago, but the next best time is now because you never know when you might need it. So we put together a free report that describes what an exit plan is and what you should know. You can get it free by texting EXIT PLAN with no spaces to 44222. That's EXIT PLAN to 44222. Again, text EXIT PLAN to 44222. Welcome to the Exit Coach Radio Show, the show for baby boomer business owners who are looking for cutting-edge information as they plan their 3- to 10-year business succession and exit. Every week, we interview top professional advisors for their best tips, strategies, and precautions so you can be well-planned. And don't miss our one-minute Exit Coach tip of the day on ExitCoachRadio.com. And now, here's your host, the Exit Coach, Bill Black. Well, hello, and thanks for joining us today. My next guest is Alex Varela from Varela Law. She's the owner and attorney of that firm here in Fullerton, California, and also does business in Las Vegas, Nevada. Alex uh, helps people plan for their future, their family, and their legacy. She's an estate planning attorney, but she's different than other estate planning uh, attorneys in that she has a very personal story she's going to share with us that led her to helping other people avoid conflict within their families, stay out of court, and plan for their legacy. Uh, Before we get started, please uh, share a little bit about you and your background and your practice. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Um, Before starting my practice, I worked at the district attorney's office in Las Vegas, Nevada. And what I did there is I represented Child Protective Services and the Department of Family Services and Child Welfare Matters. So on the day-to-day, what we were doing was basically child abuse and neglect cases, removing children from homes because of abuse, usually by their own parents, unfortunately, or family members. Um, But what I was surprised to see there was the number of children that were coming into the system um, not necessarily because of abuse, but because their parents had passed away. Either both parents passed away together in a car accident or mom passed away and dad passed away a few months later. And so that really helped me to see the need um, for comprehensive planning for parents with minor children. So that initially sparked my interest in estate planning. And then while I was at the DA's office, um, my grandmother also fell very ill. She, um, on my dad's side of the family, was really the pillar of strength, what held everyone and everything together. Um, but she and my grandfather didn't have much by way of financial assets. They came um, to the United States from Cuba in the 1960s after um, the communist revolution there. And so my dad and his sister never went to see an attorney for estate planning purposes. They, they didn't, just didn't have much, just a home here mm-hmm. in, in California, mm-hmm. so they, they figured, you know, it'll all just work itself out. Um, and, of course, it didn't. There was a lot of conflict over how much to prolong her life, who would get her, her personal property that had sentimental value, um, and then what would happen to to the house that she and my grandfather lived in, which, of course, here in Southern California had, had appreciated a ton over the years. Um, so, unfortunately, um, my grandmother passed away, and my dad and his sister have not have not spoken since and we were a very tight knit family growing up. My cousins were like my brothers and my sisters, um and that has, has changed unfortunately because there was so much conflict and that was such a huge loss for all of us. So it was very, very um emotional. However Right when my grandmother got sick about eight years ago, thankfully, I did sit her down and I shot a little video with her. She told me all about what it was like to come here from Cuba, speaking no English, with no with wow. no money whatsoever.
whatever. Yeah, she was married for more than 50 years. She sold rice pudding and things out of her home while my grandfather was at a concentration camp. I mean, an amazing woman um, with an amazing story. And even though I didn't inherit any type of financial assets from my grandmother, I inherited an immense amount of human assets. And so I um, really make that my goal in my practice to help my clients build a legacy and be intentional about passing on human assets because really estate planning should be about a lot more than just wealth. So after my clients execute all of their documents, I um, sit them down and I shoot a little video with them. Um, And it's not a Hollywood production. We talk about the questions I'm going to ask ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Actually, I give them a list to pick from. And um, it's really, really cool. Some clients have even given it to their adult children, you know, now. I give it to them on a thumb drive, and they've shared it with their adult children. And I've gotten emails um, from clients' kids and such saying, wow, that that was awesome, and I'm going to have that for my kids and for future generations. And so it's pretty cool. That's above and beyond what I usually hear from uh, state planning attorneys. And I've heard, you know, over the years, um, like uh, family trusts and, and wills and things like that called various different things like the family story book or, you know, uh, uh, the harmony maker. Um, and, of course, the goal in family planning for like this is that everybody has happy Thanksgivings forever by, by addressing some of the issues up front. Beyond, fam- beyond distribution of assets and wealth, uh, tell us, you know, what is the, what's the big deal about having a trust versus a will, and, and what's probate all about, and, 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 you know, what kind of a procedure is it that they're trying to avoid? So here in California, especially if you own um, real property, if you own a home, you definitely want to have a trust over a will because a will will not avoid probate. And probate is the process, the court process, that your your assets have to go through to be retitled. And here in California, unfortunately, it's a long and expensive and, and really just a stressful process. Um, so, I mean, it's estimated that it's like 5% of the fair market value of your assets. So just with like 500000 in assets, you're talking about $25,000 in probate cost. So um, unfortunately, I do get a lot of calls from 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 people that their their parents never got around to doing a trust and you know the house is just in their name and so now we have to go through this whole probate process and people are always surprised and I I hate delivering the bad news that yes there there's a creditor period and we have to publish and we have to do all of these things that the courts going to require us to do and if they had a trust it would just be a private process, not not a no cost option, but we're talking a couple thousand dollars versus, you know, like I said before, you know, twenty thousand dollars or whatever. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's so very it's, it's because very the, important. The, the, so, in a probate situation, you go to a probate court, right? A, a special the, the court, the house, and there's a special courtroom for Correct. probate cases. And what I've heard is because of government cutbacks over the last many years and other urgencies, there just aren't a lot of courts uh, of judges available to serve as probate types of cases. Correct. Is that correct? And so That is correct. That, so so you, you go in with all your file and your data, and, and, and what happens? You present, you present your, your assets to the judge, and the judge says, uh, what happens? What happens from there? 
Well, it's typically um, adult children who, if there is a will, we're, we're filing the will with the court. If there's no will, we're filing a probate petition and we're telling the court, you know, the decedent died intestate. And basically, we are asking the court to, um, and this is the, this is why part of the issue where conflict does tend to arise. We have all of the children, whoever the, the beneficiaries are or the heirs at law are, um, and everyone is involved and everyone comes to court and everyone has an opinion on how the that should pass, but basically mm -hmm. the court is making those distributions versus when there is a trust, the decedent is it's being distributed by their right. by their it's, wishes. It's already been done, wanted, right? You know? I mean, they they right. transfer course, into yes. the trust while they're living, hence the the name living trust. So the transfer is already done in that case, and it's just a case a, a case of what does the document, the trust, to say happens to that stuff. So what happens if the the whole family goes to court, uh, the probate court, and and uh, and things aren't in order. Um, is this what causes the delay that uh, the that it's just hard to get back on the docket to fix whatever needed to be fixed or make notifications? Yes, I mean um, all of the notice the notices of hearing and all of that take a ton of time. But yes, um, it is what what causes delays. I mean, of course, if there's a will, there's a little bit less delays. But if um, mm -hmm. the decedent died intestate, there there are a ton of delays, a ton of waiting, a ton of documents that need to be filed for real property appraisals that need to be done, um, letters that have to be issued by the court. Um, basically, I my my logo, and unfortunately, you know, with radio. Listeners can't see it, but it, it is a little wagon, and it's a little different than most attorneys. And, and it's a little wagon because I tell clients that if you have no planning or if you just have a will, it's like you carry all of your assets in the palm of your hand. If something happens to you, it's like you tripped and you fell, and all of your assets just go flying all over the place. And then your adult children or your loved one has to go by and, and pick up all of your assets. And typically in that process, assets are forgotten, assets are missed, and they end up in the California Department of Unclaimed Property. And I haven't looked recently, but at one point when I looked, there was like $8 billion in the California Department of Unclaimed Property. I mean, a lot. So it happens often. But when you have a trust, it's like you have a little red wagon and you're pulling it by the handle while you're alive and well. If something happens to you, it's like you tripped and you fell, you drop the handle, and then your loved ones pick it up and continue to pull it. All of your assets stay inside of the trust. Now, the big thing, one of the biggest mistakes I from families that did actually go through the process and pay for an attorney to draft a trust is that the funding is not done properly. If all of your assets don't get into the wagon properly during your life, then you don't avoid probate. And I actually just got a call from a woman yesterday. Her mother passed away and had a trust, but um, she said she went with her actually to the attorney left there with a set of documents, and there was really no follow-up. See, I, um, I stalk my clients. <laughs> well, when they don't get me information that they need, and when they don't get me information that I need to help them make the transfer, I literally will stalk them until I get it because I know it is, it's imperative. If not, you, you basically yeah. went through this whole process with me for no, mm -hmm. for no reason. Right, 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 right. That's important. That is very important, and I hear that a lot from people that, you know, I haven't reviewed my trust in five years or ten years. I'm not sure if all my assets are in the trust, and it, and it it's really it leaves you scratching your head, doesn't it? It's like, well, wh why did you do all that work if you weren't going to finish the job? Don't you know, do they just not un people just don't understand or forget or uh, what what 
what do you find is the usual cause for that? You know, I think it's just, um, for some people, it's just a lack of, of education um, because uh-huh. some people do call and they think that just because they have this trust document that it's going it's going to work. Um, and if the deed to their home wasn't done properly or if they didn't change over their account registration at the bank, they, they still think it's going to work. And so I think that's part of the issue. Right. And yes, I think right. part of the issue is that perhaps they went to an attorney who didn't have a system for staying in touch. Um, I have yes. a email newsletter, and then I have a, a paper newsletter that I send out to my clients, and I really try um, to stay in contact with them. That way they know. And then I review their cli- their documents for free every three years. Um, and I just try to stay in front of them and remind them, hey, if you buy a new house, if you open a new bank account, like let's do this right. And I do tell clients, if you don't do the funding right, then you can just pretty much shred all of these beautiful documents on this really nice paper and in this really nice binder that I gave you. Just shred it, throw it away. Because if the funding is not done properly, it's it's just not going to work the way that you intended. That's an excellent reminder to anybody listening that you you may have uh, sold a property, purchased another property, forgot to put a bank account in. Maybe you have a, 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 a investment account that you opened and you didn't title it properly. You may need to review all of that and get it mm-hmm, up to date and, mm-hmm. and check check. Um, check into that now. Do you review, Alex, other people's trusts that they've had done elsewhere? You know, a lot of people these days obviously say, you know what, I can I can do this stuff on um, uh, online or some other way. Um, do you re- do you review trusts that people have had done elsewhere to kind of give people an overview of you know maybe you maybe we should be updating this or changing that because a lot has changed in the state law over the last several years too, right? It has, yes. Um, significant changes happened in 2011, 2012. And yes, I, um, to answer your question, I do review estate planning documents for clients when they had them done with other attorneys many years ago or um, if they, even if they had them done online. And the biggest issue with the online stuff is it tends to be the, the funding, um, and mm-hmm. a lot of times they're just getting a trust. They're not getting any of the other documents that make up a very important right. part of the of an estate plan. Let's talk about those because I know there are things like powers of attorney and advanced health care directives, right? What, what else goes into a estate planning package? Yes, yeah, so um, the... Healthcare directive, as you mentioned, um, which is very important, so that people's um, desires can be known to hospital, to hospital staff and medical professionals, and they're just, you know, it's not just hospital policies that that dictate, I should say, um, and then. The powers of attorney, and I actually do too. I, I give clients the California statutory form, and then I have my own um, longer version that covers everything that you can that you can think of. Um, and then, aside from that, some assignments are very important. Assignment of uh, personal property, and then um, so th- those are the things that tend to cause a lot more conflict in my experience than people would imagine. Um, caused a lot of conflict in my own family as well. This is personal property that doesn't have any title, but um, that is important to people, pictures, art collection, jewelry, that kind of thing. Um, So Mm -hmm. I do give clients a way that they can dictate who they want that stuff to go to. Um, And then I do an assignment, assigning all of their personal property to the to the trust as well. And then for business owners, um, assigning their business interest into the trust is important. Um, And I'm trying to think of what else... um, I mean, uh, the obviously deed to their home, I, I include that. And then, like I was saying earlier, for parents with minor children, I do a whole separate set of documents, short and long-term guardianships, medical powers of attorney for the children, um, a whole separate 
plan to go along with the estate planning documents for um, parents that do have young ones at home. So a thorough job. And so who should <laughs> who should talk to you? Who should who needs an estate plan? I really anyone um who owns a home has any form of assets and really just wants to protect everyone they love and everything they own. I mean, anyone who just wants to make sure that they don't leave a mess behind for their family or assets that they work hard to earn, don't go to the probate court like we were talking about earlier, um, or aren't just lost. Because one of the first questions I ask clients when they come into my office is I tell them a little bit about myself, and then I get to know them, and then I ask them, even when they have kids that are financially savvy and they have a good head on their shoulders, I say, do they know? Do they know about your retirement accounts, about your life insurance accounts? Do they know about these investment accounts? Um, And often they say, They don't know any of it. So part of what I also do is I do a whole um, asset spreadsheet for my clients where I list out all of their assets um, and whether or not they've been funded to the trust. So to ensure that assets don't end up in the hands of the state or assets that you worked hard to earn actually go to the people that you love, your kids and your grandkids, um, and don't just get lost, basically. So let me ask you a question. A lot of of the people that listen to this show are age 50-plus. A lot of them are busy, you know, really busy business owners and others, and and they have Mm -hmm. parents, and they know that they're probably going to one day get a call saying that your mom or dad has passed away, and congratulations, you're the trustee of their trust, (laughs) or condolences, Mm -hmm. you're the trustee of their trust. There's a lot of, of, of children who get that call, and then all of a sudden they're expected to put their life on hold and be the trustee of their parents, the successor trustee of their parents' trust or will or estate plan. Do you do you find do you, do a lot of people come to you and say I've been named the uh, successor trustee of my parents' trust and now I don't know what to do? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I always say, well, good job um, calling someone. Yeah, because I couldn't imagine trying to navigate it on my own. So, yeah, I always just recommend that they um, work with an attorney, either the attorney who tra- tra- who drafted the the documents or another attorney who they have a relationship with and to um, also work with a with a CPA that can help them with some of the IRS filings and things of that nature. Of course. So so my, my question would be, is there a, a tried and true way for these people who are going to, who probably don't know what's going to be thrust upon them? They don't know what their duties are going to be. They don't know probably they may not even know what's mm-hmm. in the it's a difficult topic to talk about. You know right. is there an uh, an an easy or tried and true way to communicate with your parents to say, um, you know, nobody nobody lives forever. Um, um, right. I I need to know what's coming at me because I am so busy. If it if it's unorganized or if it's going to be a mess, I, I'll I'll even pay for you to go to an attorney like Alex yeah, and uh, get it cleaned yeah. up. I think one of the easier ways I've heard and that I've you know, worked with clients on talking to their parents is to focus a lot on the medical care and the cost of medical care because that also uh. tends to be a problem. Parents start to get sick, they can't manage their own assets, and someone has to pay for it all, right? So usually um, the conversation starts that way as to why adult uh, children come in with their elderly parents that, you know, mm-hmm. in the next few years are probably going to need some medical care 
prepare. I'm probably going to be in charge of getting it set up and coordinating it and paying for it. And so I need to know what the assets really, really look like. You know, Brilliant. or a lot of times those elderly parents also, they were left a mess. So sometimes even just saying, you know, mom and dad, I don't want it to be the way that, that what you were left with of like, just uh-huh. had no idea where to even begin. So let's do this together. And so that's something that I definitely do. And then at the end, you know, because of client confidentiality and stuff, sometimes it's not a good idea to have the adult children super, super involved in every step of the process. But at the very end, with my client's permission, I do this um, family meeting where I do allow um, the adult children to come in and just kind of explain to them what was set up, that everything's taken care of, and that they can always call me if something happens because I do keep an electronic copy. I give clients a thumb drive with all their all of their documents, but then I also keep um, an electronic copy for myself. So in a difficult time, I can obviously help mm-hmm. them. Yeah. Well, okay. Now you're not going to get this online. <laughs> you're not going to get that kind of thing. No. So you know. So listen up. I mean, if you're listening to this uh, and you have that situation, those were some brilliant ideas on how to approach this topic. Number one, hey, mom and dad, things have changed a lot with what documents you're going to need if you need health care. Number one. So we need to make sure that you have the correct documents in place because of all the Privacy Act and, and all the HIPAA and all that kind of stuff. There's there's tremendous changes in that area. And while we're looking at that, we should probably make sure that your estate plan isn't going to cause undue hardship on any of us children if you have brothers and sisters. Uh, that's a lot easier than saying, hey, you know, we all know you're going to die someday. <laughs> let's, you know, let's start, right. let's make sure that it's not a burden on the family, because we're all hearing about this a lot more as as people people are aging and, and uh, obviously uh, living longer. But as people die, the people that are in char- put in charge are often at a very 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 busy time in their life as well, and it can be a tremendous right. burden if things aren't in order to whoever is the anointed or appointed one at that point. It sounds like you build a tremendous relationship with your clients, and I think that's very important. Yes. People want to know that their their professionals care about them. Yes, absolutely. I am not just a quick um, transactional attorney in quick rate. I just actually met with a woman who she had her trust drafted a number of years ago, and she said she met with the attorney for 20 minutes and left. Well, her one of her adult children unfortunately developed a drinking problem, and so she wanted to change a, a few things in her trust. And I start reviewing it, and turns out that it's an irrevocable trust, but she didn't uh. even know that it was not revocable, right? And she's like, I met with him for 20 minutes, and then the next time I came in, I met with a paralegal. I signed everything. She didn't really explain to me what I was signing, and then she just took her binder and, and left. I mean, there was funding issues with that trust, and so, yes, it's it's important to to work with an attorney who's very comprehensive and who wants to to build a relationship and just make sure that you and your family are taken care of. And that's really the goal um, for for my practice and for each client that I work with. You know, these are significant documents and complicated and they have huge implications. If If it's incorrect, the implications are huge for you or for your heirs. Uh, and so it's very important to have someone who takes the time to look through and explains things to you, explains how it's going to work. And again, with, with Alex talking about things like a family map and even creating a little family story for you to leave behind so that it's it's more than just a, a cold document. It is the family story. 
And I applaud you for that, Alex. That's that's fantastic. So you offer uh, a little something for our listeners, a free family legacy planning session, and $300 off their plan. That's nice. So how does that yes, work? How does the free family legacy planning session work? The family legacy planning session, they would just call my office or go to my website, um, and that is the initial meeting where we really sit down, um, and it tends to be about a two-hour meeting. We sit down, we look at what would happen to um, your family and to your assets if something happened to you now. And if you're not okay with what would happen, we basically come up with a plan so that things transition smoothly and so that there's zero um, court intervention. And the court intervention is, of course, the expensive long probate process. And then the $300 off is obviously off of their estate planning package or documents, but I like to call it a package because it really is just more than than the documents, as I've discussed. And how do people get in touch with you best? The best way to get in touch with me is either on my website, which is varelalawoffices.com, or um, by calling my office, which is an 844 number. It's 844-222-1417. Well, you, you've given us some great, great thoughts and ideas to think about, and I think it's it's really important for people to understand that if you don't have an estate plan, you in fact do have an estate plan. It's the default plan, and it's the government's plan, and it's not a very good one. And you can improve exactly. upon that. So if you're listening to this and, and you have not done your planning, I encourage you to get in touch with Alex Varela, uh, Varela Law. Again, it's uh, <laughs> V-A-R-E-L-A Law Offices dot com. Got it. Okay. That's, Alex, yep, thank you so correct. much for your time awesome. today. It's, it's been a real pleasure to talk with you and meet you, and, and I, I wish you continued success in your mission to really help people um, build a family legacy and family future. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Hey, everybody. It's Bill Black, the Exit Coach from the Exit Coach Radio Show. One of the questions I get asked the most is, how do I grow the value of my business? I'm so busy working in it, I need to work on it. So we've created a special report for you on 10 tips to grow the value of your business. Just text the word DRIVERS to 44222 to get a special free report right to your inbox. That's DRIVERS to 44222. Text DRIVERS to 44222. Thank you for listening to Exit Coach Radio.